Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with, oh yeah. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with, yes you did. You made it with, you made it with, oh yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's up, weirdos? What's happening? We're doing the intro in the studio with Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi. People always want you on the show. It'll never happen. <laughs> never. You'll forever be a mystery and only revealed in snippets like these. Um, okay, so, uh, of course, I love Katie. <laughs> I guess I'm being sensitive today. Anyway, Nick Swartzen just did the show. That's going to be a good one in a couple of weeks. Uh, and this one is a fantastic episode. Kirk Fox, who we talk a lot uh, about this on the episode, I just met and was immediately one of my favorite people of all time. And then he came in and recorded a wonderful episode of the podcast that I'm very excited to bring to you now. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Sure, Sure, uh, for these new microphones, which is why you can't hear me hitting my head on the microphone anymore, because they're so good. That's really, that's honest. And uh, now I actually am banging the table to get my point across. Um, I haven't plugged this in a while. You made a weird.com is where you can get uh, t-shirts. We might be making some new ones soon, but there's a bunch of existing ones that are wonderful. And uh, you can also donate if you're feeling nasty. Here are the tour dates. There's three of them. Ready? August 9th, we'll be in Houston. August 10th, we'll be in Dallas. August 27th, I'll be at Largo in Los Angeles. Uh, go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets to those things. And that's it. Who's the ad? Amazon? You know what to do. Go to Amazon.com. Does anyone do this? If you do, I really appreciate it because it's a nice way to support the show. You're going to buy something on Amazon anyway? Go to Nerdist.com. Go to this episode. Click on the banner and then shop like you normally would. Same exact price. Everything's the same except part of the proceeds go to us. So, yeah, do it going to buy recreational oxygen do it through nerdist that's something i bought recently on amazon it was pretty good wasn't great that's not amazon all right everybody enjoy kirk fox yay thank you for asking no one ever asks people just assume and it's an interesting psychological experiment to see where they choose to my left close to me engaged back to the to the back of the place looking out I like that for you. Everything off. Oh, yeah. Keep it. Look at you. You're courteous. You're early. Here, put these on. It'll feel like a show. If you think I need them. I mean, you don't need them. Jesus, you're right here. People like them. You're not going to wear them? I'll wear them for you. No, you don't have to. No. I want to know what you want to do. Well, let's try. We can talk about it. Put it on. Don't tell me what to do. I just did. I was just trying to see which is left and right. As Katie says... I have, con- I have control issues. Do you? And are you really afraid? We'll talk about it. We're on now. Are you feeling fear? Not yet. <laughs> Kirk Fox. Is that my water? Yeah. But are we on yet? Yeah. It just starts like that? Yeah, we start the way that we start, you and I. So that's important. So when I was uh, picking the, the chair, that was also part of it or no? Yeah. So I usually have full edit, but on this, I guess we just go like people. Full edit on on your television show? On anything. <laughs> anything you do? Anything. That's yeah. why I rarely go out. <laughs> on your life? I, I rarely leave. You want control. <clears throat> Listen. I'm going to have a hard time just as I did when I met you. I'm we're going to talk about a lot of things today. This is <laughs> This is important for both of us. This isn't just about... You, this is good for me to try and interact with a, a new friend. Be engaged. Well, we just met. To be present. And you really gave me... You see, I knew you were my kind of fella. I'm always talking about being present. I just want to be here. So this... this t- really hard. 
Well, just in this world, it, it's tough to, That's what I'm saying. to be present and just connect and try and be honest. How do we do it? Well, I think we're doing it so far because I told you how I'm going to try and be. Be. Just to be here. It's hard, though. Well, because I don't really know where I'm at. Where You, know, you never know where you're at? <laughs> I mean, listen, first of all, I, I didn't know we were already rolling. I didn't mean that to surprise you. But, but it did. But it's okay. Look, it, hey, it was okay because it's me. Being no, it, it, it was okay because I hadn't done anything to yeah. be ashamed of. Right, you hadn't. You're said like it. we're already rolling. It's like good. I feel I've done great up till then. You, up until the roll. Up until you said, "Hey, it's already rolling." But I, was, I mean, like I want us to ease in real smooth, like falling in love. Listen, it's going to ease wherever it should go. Yes, that's. That's a good line. I mean, it might go aggressive. Yeah. It could go anywhere. So it could get gross. I thought you were going to bring a lie detector. Uh, I'm traveling light today. I just came from the gym. Right now, I'm just working on my posture. Yes. Deciding how I want to sit for the next few minutes. Okay. Physically. Of course. In your body. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Yes. First of all, it's a little table. It is a small table. Uh, well, we're two big guys. So, so it looks like we're just sharing a cheese. And you, you told me to put on earphones. Earphones, which now earphones? I don't know if I even needed them. You don't like them? I'm not sure yet. You're, you're, the jury's out. But it feels official. It feels like I'm somewhere. Well, you can turn and them I, down. I also see her in my peripheral, and she's doing things. Katie's, so. you know, she's going to be fidgeting. That's all right. So am I. <laughs> Part of life. Kirk Fox. So Kirk Fox, in. good to be here. So in. Now, where am I? This is your your podcast. We met the other day. Yep, and, and then I it thought just it, happened. I thought it'd be good to try and sit with someone and connect. That's what we're doing. Because I'm going to have to do a lot of it in the, the coming year. Can I ask you about you that? You can do anything you want. <laughs> you can do anything you want. What I, I told you, I'm here for you. What I want to know, Kirk, is if, is it dangerous for fellows like us to be commoditizing something as, as a base as just c- human connection. Like, you're doing it on your show. You have to connect and be present and listen and talk to people. Sometimes when I'm off mic or not performing, I get tired of listening to people. Like, I was on the phone with my mother today. She's telling me some story, and my brain's getting engaged, and I'm trying to follow the story, and I'm looking for the punchlines and, like, her punchlines so I can laugh. I'm trying to not punch up her story. And I'm like, shit, this feels like work. Well, the battle I've been having, and it's the exact same thing you just mentioned, because you know I attempt stand-up as well. I thought you were a stand-up, Kirk. I don't know if you could really say I am. Because I thought you've been doing it for a long time. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's how you feel when you're doing it. If, if you're never comfortable doing anything, I don't think... You think you can be doing stand-up for 10 years and you're not a stand-up because you were uncomfortable? I haven't been comfy yet. You've never been comfy? No, because I haven't been that honest on stage. Topics, depth. To- yeah, like I'm, ha- I'm. I'm happier in between the jokes. That's terrible. That's that's terrifying and horrible. It's e- exactly, terrible. and it, it's it's just to follow what you had just said about you know trying to get honest. So this this podcast is is a good way for me to it is to try and be honest. Well, the, uh, things like this, long conversations like this, true conversations, present conversations like this, can extrapolate that sort of honesty from an artist. I think that's true. Of course. And then it'll raise your standard for how honest you can be in a performance. I believe that. I, I agree completely. So what is your problem with, with your stand-up? You're just doing light stuff? You're just you're on the surface? You're not doing the work you want to be doing? First of all, well, how long have you been doing it? Uh, a long time. About 10 years, 10 or 11 years. Okay. N- November 10th, 2002. Okay. And I had a lot of success quick. We started around the same time. 
You yeah. flared up real fast. I, I had a lot of momentum for some reason. What do you mean? I just didn't know that I was supposed to suck. Where'd you start? Uh, <laughs> co- comedy store. He started out here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just I, I just went up on stage and uh, enough people started laughing and I just thought, oh, okay, I'm, I'm a comedian. Yeah. And I started going up every night. Yeah. Listen, I started in my 30s, so I started late. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I was I was an actor first. Oh. So when I was on stage, I was just kind of acting. Should I? Like a stand-up. Yeah, I just thought, this is cool. I can do this. Pe- like People are laughing. Houdini said a magician is an actor doing an impression of a magician. Exactly. So you went up and acted like a comedian. I thought I was. It, it, it kind of became a character. But, yeah. But I had a lot of success. And it worked. What do you mean? What kind of success? Crowd success or you mean showbiz success? Showbiz, you know, I won you that. I won that. I won the, As- the Aspen Comedy Festival back when festivals had awards. Yeah. I see, I missed all that. You yeah. won the festival, yeah, and you had been doing it a year. You shut up. <laughs> you were I, doing it a year. Yeah, and then we I, call this you Nick Thune. You flare up real fast. Nick's still doing quite well, but I mean that he had a real quick. Flare. I did the Tonight Show a couple times. Quick. How quick? This is bad to tell. I hate stories. No, like but this. what I'm saying is, I was just winging it because the jokes. No, I'm happy. They weren't t- real. They were just good writing. Okay, what do you mean? What was one of your early jokes? Can you tell jokes? I don't even remember them. Jokes you did on The Tonight Show. Uh, it doesn't matter. What I mean is, is your style, like you could do one-liners or like little set-up punchline. Like, or can you read? You know, I, I create holes. I was creating whole stories that didn't happen. I hate that so much. But I hate it too. Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't attacking you. I know you must hate no, it. No, I attack because we're two fellas. I'm, I no, attack Kirk, myself. I, this isn't WTF. This is me. I'm on your side a hundred percent. I want you to feel safe and loved what, and trusted. On, on, on Mark's podcast, no one feels safe. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he may lash out to deflect from himself. You know how much I love Mark at yeah, that we party. Both do. We love Mark. I'm just saying, like, uh, I, my thing, Mark's thing would be like brutal honesty, which is what's so appealing about him. And I'd be like, oh, I hate that. And then kind of let you deal with that and talk to You can to hate if, if you want. I just don't want you to think that you're buckling up but for, it wouldn't matter. for a time of that. It wouldn't matter because you're 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 your own I w- person. I wouldn't care. You if, don't care. If you need to attack me, it would be because uh, you need to. Oh my god! It wouldn't be about me. Therapy? You go to therapy? No. You're just giving it. No, I'm not giving it. I'm you're, just, I mean, I'm you're just dishing te- out some good therapy. I'm just telling you that some good if, truth. If, if you were lashing out yeah, at me, I'd yes. never take it personal. You son of a bitch. Four we, agreements? What we are we ju- doing? Because we just met, so there's no reason for you to pick on me. If you're attacking me, <laughs> you're attacking something that resonates within yourself. You just came with that your own self? That just came up within you? No one taught you that? No, this is just life. <laughs> I got that from my dad and just... You know, a lot of self-analyzing. So someone freaks out at you, you're kind of like, you go like, that sounds like a them problem. It's always a them problem. <laughs> because I'm not are, because I'm not doing anything. Those are $10,000 statements, though. They usually That's take, all I got on me. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. Your wallet is filled with $10,000 statements. That's all. A lot of IOUs. So you, you flare up real fast. You get on The Tonight Show. A couple times. A couple times. Actor turned comedian. Should we feel bad for actors? I sure do. Why, why should you feel bad for anybody? 
Oh, good. What is this? Are you hosting? What is no, happening right no, now? But no, what? no, I'm not attacking. Like, don't host. Go ahead and host. I'm just saying you feel like you have the better questions. But I didn't know who the host was. I just thought we were going to talk. We're is merging. This, is this even your podcast? Or, it is or my, is it yeah. the world's? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not my show. It's our show. Yeah, buddy. we're here just talking. This is your episode. We're we, we, felt like, we felt like we should talk and see. Yeah. Give it to the world. That's right. Because we had such a good first conversation. Okay, so why should we feel bad for anybody? I'll tell you why I feel bad for actors, people who listen to the show know. Even when I, when I watch shows like, the, I'm, I'm re-watching The Wire right now, which is great. Great show. I'm, watching, I'm re-watching The Wire, and there'll be like some, some coroner or something that has like four lines, and my heart breaks for him. I know he like was super... But what about all the coroners that had no lines? Or, or them. But that, no, that... but don't feel bad for the guy working. But I mean, okay, he worked on The Wire, and now where is he? Like, I, I feel bad for the hustle. That, that, that could have been all he wanted. I don't think that's all he wanted. You have no idea. That's true. I am assuming he might a lot not of even things. be an actor, especially if you're doing four lines on The Wire. It could have been a favor to somebody. Okay, maybe he might be a real corner making three or four hundred grand a year. <laughs> is that what corners make? Some good ones. They have a corner office. Yes, they do. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, this one's rocking. Shit, I don't mind these headphones. <laughs> no, see, it feels like a show. I feel like an air traffic controller. I have a coroner office. <laughs> Write that down. I mean, Some, someone's going to do that. It's going to be something. Someone will do One that. Day. No, someone's going to listen to the show. Yeah. Think it's live, and they're going <laughs> to do it, and they'll be like, ah, this is a week old, and Pete's already done that joke four times and hates it now. Yeah, I tweeted it. He moved I, on. I wish I could retweet myself. It's really a, a big regret in my life. So you were acting. I still, I still am an actor. No, I understand that, but you started as just an actor. Yeah, you know, I started, uh, I was a tennis teacher. I, was, I taught tennis for 10 or 15 years. Really? And all, all, my, all my students put me in their movies. You know, I had an interesting angle into this. I want to hear all about that it. That was it. That's all you're going to hear. You're the guy from Match Point. You were Exa- a tennis instructor and you worked your way up into the Blue Bloods. Yeah. So you were teaching actors? Mostly, directors? mostly directors and producers. Really? Very few actors. <laughs> so you'd like hustle? I don't know if I was hustling. I was giving them knowledge and they were becoming better tennis no, players. No, I mean, how do you hustle onto a, into a movie or a TV show out of that? Well, you start taking acting classes and then you, at some point you tell your students you're an actor and then at some point they want you on the set for, you, for some tennis lessons on location. Really? Yeah. No. I'd, I'd say my first 10 movies were all because I was teaching tennis to the director. No! And I'm okay with that. You sh- I think it's awesome. I'm celebrating. That's amazing. You'd just be on set with the rackets teaching him in between takes? Yeah. And then it'd be like, we need uh, this guy, and then you'd be like, Listen, I'll do Kirk, it. Kirk, you want to come and be this movie? You'll be there for three months. We'll give you a couple lines, but you know, on the weekends, let's play tennis. Really? Sure. It's no big deal. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There got, is nothing wrong got with Got my that. SAG card. Yeah. Yep. And then you taught <laughs> tennis and acted. I did that. I've done, I, did, I've, I probably have been in 45 movies, and 20 are... Right from tennis. Get out. Where would I go? I don't know. You're so in. You're almost out. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that tweet didn't work. I guess you would have had to have been there. Oh, you tweeted it? Why not? I'm so in. I'm almost out. But do people know? <laughs> I'm, I'm in show business. I think it's so endearing for someone Are we to really of... in show business? Aren't we? Not really. What do you mean? I mean, there's show business and then there's the outskirts. You don't think we're in show business? You've taped 150 episodes of a show that's already syndicated. It's not even picked up yet. Yeah, and I don't think I'm in show business. Come on. Well, we haven't, 40, we, haven't, we haven't shot that many. You're in 45 movies. What are you waiting for? You don't have a job. Do you have a straight job? You can't. You have a TV show. 
So what are you talking about? I mean, show business is where you live it daily. You, what are you living daily? Just life, man. <laughs> I work three days a week. The other four days, I'm just floating, trying to scribble jokes, having some coffee. People that are in show business are in it seven days a week. <laughs> you're not reading Variety. You're going to coffee shops and you're living, just living. and being present. Just trying. But I mean, I got to say, what am I drawn to? What are people drawn to? We're at a party. Mm-hmm. Dean Del Rey actually already did this podcast because someone dropped out and he came in. So he was also at that party. That's From his- that party, these are party bookings. That's his problem. <laughs> and you were there. I was there. Drawn to you. Into it. And what drew you to me? Uh, first of all, an effortless humor. Exactly. I was drawn Pres- to that. Present. Present! Sorry, but yes! I was I was there. So the- loud! I wasn't so- loud. No, I'm being loud! Oh, that's all right. That's your thing. I'm so excited! Because it's true. There's something about a quick wit that's allowing the moment to occur because yeah. you're only commenting you were on a that moth. moment. You were a moth and I was a, a, a hot flame. You were the flame. flame. You are that hot, hot flame. But, but, then- but I recognized you... Out of the gate also. Tell me why. Tall. Tall. Familiarity. Famil- What's that mean? You know, Demon I had- Demon familiar? No, I had seen, <laughs> I had maybe caught glimpses of your stand-up. Sure. Oh, I, I see. You, your own familiarity. I thought you meant I had a feeling of familiarity. That too. Okay. That, that came af- after one or two words together. Love it. Need it. And, uh, you know, you laughed at the right things. Yeah. That's a good one. You laughed at the things that no one else was. Why don't people do this? Why don't people... There should be a... I, I often think that there should just be a party game, like a board game of this podcast. There could be. Make you it. just have to be if like... If you have the time, you should just... Uh, just sit down patent and it. Tell De- Delaney, Delaney, Rob had time. He made his game. I know. I know. I saw that. He's ripping out of the box on the cover. Why but the not? idea that like what, what, to do, what we're doing right now is really unlocking some happiness and making people feel good, and it's a fun thing. Often, uh, girlfriend, you boyfriends... Mean, you mean the... Us talking. Yes. And how many people do you think are listening to us engaged right now? I don't know. But like 20, 30 people? I mean, how many people listen to this? I don't know. Uh, 50,000. 50,000. Okay. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that are listening to us and, yep. and possibly could learn from us. I don't know why they're listening to us, but maybe they'll listen and think, hey, these guys seem to be in sync sure why because why? they're being honest and real and they've knocked the filter off and here and they're just here being right here that's it but so, that so the people listening might try and add that to their life i hope so and i and i get a lot from them as well that's true i actually just went to the doctor today because based on things i had said on the show someone this wonderful soul emailed the facebook page and said pete it sounds like based on what you've been saying that you might have conferred convergence insufficiency and i was like oh that's interesting it's an eye disorder yeah. I, I was talking about my eyes went to the eye doctor today he was like you have zero convergence <laughs> like i'm not even registering on the scale that's how bad it is based on like this is a mutually beneficial thing hey that's one of the good things about this show i'm doing hit it uh now when you say hit it you think because i'm gonna try and sell it no now why would you say hit it i was like let's get into it well because people are reaching out to me that have been on the show and saying that i either saved their life yes or changed their life boom or or i'm i'm helping them tell me about the show not in a pluggy way. Tell me well, how no, you're nothing, helping people. Nothing I can do is in a pluggy way. Sure, because you're so real. Because if I was plugging it, that's not honest. Yep. But if, uh, but, if, but if I'm just talking about it... Kirk, you're a warm bath, man. Listen. You're so in, you're listen, almost out. The, the show is called The Test. Yeah. And uh, It's on already? No, it is not. 
uh, how are people getting their lives changed? The people that were on it. The people that have been on it. Because I've sh- I, we've shot 90 episodes. Yeah. And we have 50 more to shoot. 90. So the people that have been on those <laughs> are reaching back to me saying, thank you. How? Well, I've changed lives. Tell me. I've saved a marriage. Yeah. They they just I pointed them in the right direction with no formal training. That was what was For, interesting my to formal me. training is just life experience. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Nudging someone in the right direction yeah, with that's, compassion that's or love. You and a boxcar hobo too. The guy that's, that's like I got my degree from the yeah, streets but, of but life. He, but he doesn't have a show. <laughs> he has a boxcar. I have a. A syndicated show yeah. on CBS, but I'm no yeah. different than the hobo. It's on CBS. It keeps getting better. Oh, it's going to get even better. I love it. I One mean, of my favorite things. You Hugo Boss suits. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, supplied by. Okay, why not? Kirk's wardrobe provided by. Eventually, you said <laughs> we were talking. We kept throwing the commercial together because we're both we'll be, be right hosting back. shows. And I said, "Where do you look? Which camera?" And you go, "There's cameras everywhere. They'll find me. Just look somewhere, and they'll find if me. If I glance, they'll come get me. That's right. We'll be right back. Well, someone saw that or heard it. Yes." There's something about a vulnerable invincibility that I think is appealing. I think that's what we're kind of touching on here, which is like you're talking about being present and, and sweet and, and kind and like helping people, but also simultaneously, concurrently, we're seeing this sort of like, I'll just say we'll be right back into one of the cameras and it'll be fine. Exactly. They're they're protecting me because I'm 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 untrained. <laughs> I'm 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 raw. Yeah, I'm not a talk show host. Yeah, you're a raw dog. I'm just a guy. You're a man. And it's like, listen, be, a... be nicer to her. Quit cheating on your wife. <laughs> we'll be right back. That to me seems like a good advice to somebody. Okay, look. You have four children. Feed them. <laughs> let me. Let we'll me... be right back. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. You can ask me anything. And it's not in the L.A. way, though. Because I, I feel a little it, defensive about asking this question because I don't want you to think that I'm asking it in the all, way ne- that people often ask this question. Well, not a lot of people ask questions because I don't get out much. I understand And that's that. one of the reasons I want got wanted... a rich tan. I don't believe it. You're outside a lot, but no, you're not with people no, a lot. I have lot. a long neck. Sun's always hitting something. <laughs> it's just neck. You're mostly neck. I love long it. Neck. I'm half giraffe. I want to know, here's a fella, no talk show, Okay. And no psychological experience. You're not a therapist. You okay. know? And uh, here you are in a position helping people on television. What drew them to you? What CBS, that's a big investment. Dr. Phil, you said uh, producer. Jay, Jay McGraw, Dr. Phil's son. Dr. Phil's son is the producer. Executive producer and the creator. Are we looking at an audition or did they approach you? Uh, they did approach me. Yes. Because they were, they were putting together a show and they wanted to give me a shot at it. Because for some reason, Jay, who I had met yes. through Dr. Phil, wanted to see if I could read a teleprompter and how I interacted with people. They thought as a comedian, yes. as an actor, yes. they thought, let's see, let's see how this works. Shut the fuck up. I and, and, I, and I went in there and... Uh, and you worked your magic? I, I worked... Listen, it happened so quick that there wasn't time to fuck up. Yes. Tell because, me. Because I didn't know what I was doing. What happened so quick? The test? Well. The test for test? Testing? It wasn't even a test. It was, listen, come to the studio, put on this suit. I didn't have a suit, so I borrowed a suit from one of the doctors. 
Yes. Because that's Jay's other show. Yes. And we went out onto this we went out on the stage. They pointed some cameras at me. No. Just to they told me a few things to say and then uh it went well. No. A couple weeks later they said, Let's do it with some guests. No. So they brought out some guests, real people, <laughs> and I sat in the middle and I talked to them. No, you didn't. And they had they had a real problem and I did the best I could. Do you say they, they put together a sizzle reel? Yeah. And they that sizzle reel went out. And sizzled. And it was it sizzled enough. It sizzled enough for them to say Let's make uh, a let's TV make show. A hundred episodes. Hundred and sixty five episodes. We're gonna shoot a hundred and sixty five episodes. So they had to show the sizzle to like study focus groups and that sort of thing. Just the Tribune executives and CBS and And they, they made they pulled the trigger. Because you you must have killed it. Clearly. You you killed it. Clearly. Clearly killed it. As much as anyone could kill. You did. Yes. Sometimes in life, everything lines up a perfect storm of of just... Kill. Of kill. Yeah. Everything in my life had led up to that moment. You shut up. Every failure, every success, for some reason... Yes. I was loose enough. God bless and, the broken road. Exactly. As long as I didn't have to sing, I had this show. Were you funny? At, at times. And I, I still am, but never at the expense of the guests. Yes. Keeping it positive. Because I do care. Keeping it light. And that's what's coming. Not, not light. Keep the ball in the air. Keeping it real. Keep it real. Being don't a- be mean. Don't be mean. Don't be a dick. Unless, they, unless it's warranted. If you attack me, I will eviscerate you. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's my stage. Respect me. Ooh. And I'll give you the answer. You came a long way for the answer. Shut up and let me give it to you. you- we'll be right back. <laughs> But they got me in a gym. You had to work out? I had to get a body. No. Because. You're a grown man. Was I? What? Not really. Too lank. Too lanky. Not a, not a lot of muscle. Too I mean, this is, this is new muscle. That's new. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Are you a trainer? Of course. Got yeah. a trainer at Paramount, at the Paramount gym. Yeah. I've gone uh, 48 times in the last three months. You go 48 times. Well, it's time for a new package. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he told me today. That's right. And I said, get get another package. Let's do as many as we can before the show stops. Oh, God. And it's good with my posture. Yeah. Sometimes there's there's scuffles. Scuffles. Sometimes on stage, there, there will be a scuffle. People fight. There's passion. People are talking about inflamed issues. Yeah. Divorce. Even, cheating. E- even issues that you don't think would be inflamed can flame people. Yeah. Can you give me an example? She took my purse. That's it. That's it to us. Yeah. But to them, it's destroyed a 10-year a friendship. So they come on. We do a lie detector. Let's find out if you took her purse. <laughs> you didn't. Okay. I can't believe it. I'm sorry. But they'd lost 10 years. Oh, my God. What they, happened to the purse? Someone misplaced it. An owl flew someone in else. and took that I've purse. I've suggested that. <laughs> we think a lot alike. You didn't say an owl. I said a hawk. <laughs> See? Now, what people don't know is we just missed a high five. I know. Because this isn't filmed. But this isn't filmed. 
he held his hand up, and I thought he was asking a question. But so, I reached for it. By then, he was lowering it. We missed a high five completely. That's Pete and Kirk. So you're grown, and then you started working out. I'm interested I'd never, in that. I'd never worked out. This never. is a whole new body. This is a new body. I'd had the same weight. Same weight. Since high school. 186. 186. Which is the same as my IQ. One more uh, pound, and you'd be killing police officers. 187. I know. You were there. I laugh internally. I don't. I was going to be a cop, so I know. You were going to be a cop? I know the penal code. I thought about it. I'll write down cop. We'll talk about that later. Applied to the FBI also. You did not. Why would I say it? I don't know. If we're being honest, I wouldn't just say I applied to the FBI. No, that's a weird lie. Exactly. We so, can figure that out. So it's truth. Interesting. After the Oklahoma City bombing, I was just tired of wearing shorts. I says, let's do something different. Wearing shorts, being... A tennis pro. I want to put on a suit and fight crime. Oh, I thought that was just an expression like I'm tired of being uninvolved. I'm going to put on pants. Same thing. Okay. It's the exact same thing. I'm just interested in a fellow that had never worked out that just started... I've, I've never worked out. I'm not interested in it. It's very dumb. But it has, it has changed everything. It has changed my posture. I feel stronger. I've been working on my stance. What do you mean? My legs used to be far apart. Yes. Like I was, you know, selling cars. Now that I'm on TV, they wanted my feet a little closer together. Oh. My my comedy stance had been wide leg, loosey-goosey. Yeah. And I prefer more straight line. Yeah. Owning the height, too. You're not lowering yourself. Just owning everything. Yeah. The height, who you are. Be focused. Confidence. Confidence in your material. Trust it's enough. But confidence in your body helping everything? Of course. Feeling better? I'm here. Feeling sexy? Well, I've always felt sexual. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that I have I, I have green eyes. A kavorka. I, I have everything I need. Yeah, but, but, but now I have the body to fill the suit. I've never the suit that you borrowed from the doctor. I have my own now. <laughs> I'm sure you. That do. one didn't fit. Yeah. Now I have my own suits that fit. <laughs> what is this story? How is it going leading up to this break? How is what your life? How was it leading up to this? Yeah, your comedy life. What were you what were you doing? Well, the comedy I've I've I haven't been doing much of it lately. For the past couple of years. Just taking it easy. No, just I just hated my voice. I just hated See, I think it. you said something like that at the party and I thought you were joking. No, I just I just wasn't comfy with what I was talking about. Yeah. It actually happened, I'll be I'll tell you exactly when it happened was uh Edinburgh. Yes. 2007. Okay. You went to Edinburgh. I went to Edinburgh with Mark Marin. Uh-huh. And we shared an hour. This was after Aspen, where I had some success. Well, Did, you were the king. The green-eyed king. Listen, whatever I was, it was a con that I pulled off. Yeah. Good for you. And then uh, Mark and I were sharing an hour in Edinburgh. Yes. And we lived together for a month. Mark and I. And I would do my shit, 30 minutes of shit. Yes. Wait. Very few laughs. And then he would do his 30 minutes of real shit. Yeah. And after 30 days of that, I just got so tired of, of my shit. Yeah. Instead of talking about real stuff. Right. You got marined. <clears throat> I got a little marined. You were marinated. But I, it had been brewing even before that. Sure. And then my mom died when I was in Edinburgh. Oh, my God. Heart attack. Weird, uh, stupid but, question, maybe. You leave, right? You got out of there. Well, 
my mom and I were so close that she would have said, don't come back. Finish your shit. Yeah. Do what you're there for. I'm dead. It's over. <laughs> oh I, I, I had a good run. Yeah. So I flew from Edinburgh mm. to New York to do my Comedy Central Presents. No. Oh, you were working it out. That was the idea. Well, I thought I was. Yeah. But I hated it so much. Because in Edinburgh, for those of you who don't know, you're performing every night for 30 days, pretty much. You get one day off. Exactly. So you're doing it over and over and over and over and over. And every day it got worse and worse. Yeah. Because I was just hating the jokes because they, they were all bullshit. And then you watch Marin. Who was soul bearing? At least being honest and, and, and getting laughs and connecting and being present. Exactly, being knocked back on his heels. Sure, not doing ham handed shtick. Yeah, yes, not doing. And I've never seen your act. I'm just saying that we all have that. Ten, ten Listen, ten. if you were were to watch it, you'd be like, oh, I get it. Yes, I get it. So then I went to Edinburgh, and then I went to do my Comedy Central presents, and the half hour it was fine. Mm-hmm. But I I was not happy. Doing it or the way it came out or watching it later? Any of it. Yeah. I can't even watch it. Mm. I can't even watch it. And that but, was... But that was kind of when it all started brewing. Interesting. That was so you 2008. Kind of, and that's when you fell out. That's when I just kind of lost real interest in it. Huh. You think maybe that would invigorate you to burn it all and start over with it your did. skills? I, I have started over. Uh-huh. Listen, listen, I have about two or three hours now Yeah. of, of, real, of real stuff. The real stuff. So I'm looking forward to to unleashing a new hour. But that doesn't... Is it doing it for you now, or are you kind of still on the fence? A little on the fence. Interesting. But 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 moments. Like, I'm at the comedy store a few nights a week. Yeah. And I, I have good... I'll have some good 15-minute chunks. Yeah. But then sometimes I'll drift back into some old shit. Yes. And hate myself. Hmm. Why are you doing that? Why am I hating myself, or why, why you, am I drifting back? Yeah, why are you drifting back? Well, that's the that's the battle. Yeah, that's that's admitting to the fear of shit. They're not laughing, or am I being too honest, or right. am I even being real? Right. Is the other stuff who I am? Maybe I'm just a good writer. Right. You know, do I really want to do five minutes on bananas? Right. You know, are bananas really that important to me, or bed bugs and dust mites? Because that's the shit I'm talking about now. That's what you're talking about now. Sure. Because it's it's real thoughts. I see. But I. Whereas before it was phony baloney. Yeah. You're not say, you're not going up and saying like so I have herpes or or being like my dad hit me or whatever. You're you're no. being real in a different way than y- I thought. Yeah, I'm being I'm being real now. Real, but real even if that just means a silly thought about bananas. Yeah, but it's not a silly thought anymore. What is the thought on bananas? Well, shit. There's so many, but it's just. <laughs> listen, it's the God's. You know, it's a, a gamble because you, you can get it home and peel it and it's bruised. You know, so maybe I tie it into Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. Sure. And you unzip her vinyl suit and she's bruised. You know, there's a lot that can go into bananas. Yes. And bananas are supposed to fight bruising. And yet they bruise so easily. You know, it's that depth. So I, I got this misread. I, know. I thought you were going up and being like, I had that dream where I'm fucking my mom again. No, never. I'm yeah. never that. It's just. So what's wrong with bananas? Why no, can't it's you just fine go up now. and do bananas? It's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay now. Yeah. I'm okay going up and talking about bed bugs and dust mites and how I was conned into buying a mattress. Yeah. And then I found out that, you know, do they even exist? Bed bugs and dust mites, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing 10 minutes on that and. 
Right. And how we're all hostages. I talk about, you know, I'm just talking about real shit. Right. But not in the way that Marin is doing real shit, really. No, but I'd like to get to that. Right. But, but part of my problem is I have nothing to complain about. Right. It it's seems like, that way. It's like, am I going to get up and complain about... But you don't have to. I don't complain in my stand-up. I, I, I like no, celebrating exactly. But things. what I'm saying is, you know, Marin, that's his thing. Right. He's got a lot more angst. But you're, it's fascinating. Ten years in, all these TV things and, and the success, you're still really looking for that voice. I, I'm invigorated by that idea. Uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still looking. And, yeah. I, and I also... That's one of the reasons that I love the test. Yes. Because even though I'm doing daytime, I'm completely honest. Yes. There's, you're connecting with somebody. Right. And, and I'm not kidding. That's one of the re- I don't do a lot of podcasts. I've probably done two sure. in, my, I, in my life. Yeah. Because they're, they're uncomfortable. Yes. But, I, but, I, but, I'm, but I, I'm comfortable right now. Yeah. Because this is who I am. Yeah. And, and this is who I want to be on stage. Like, yeah. I want to attack jokes the way I'm just talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why this talk, this why the daytime talk is so great. Yeah, and that's why it's resonating. Yeah, because I'm starved. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, because I think for ten years I've been full of shit. Right, but that 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 uh, plight I think parallels a lot of people. Everybody. Yeah, but, most people feel that way. Yeah, but that's why your listeners might be like, "Oh shit, what I'm feeling right. is normal." But that, that's what I'm finding is very rewarding, and it is sustainable to increase the level of honesty that you have in your life and just actually kind of practice it, get more used to it, and then that's just like the new you. When you talk about working out later in your life or whatever, I mean not starting when you were like 18, there's, there's a parallel there to just like try working out your honesty muscles and your presence muscles. I was on the phone with my mother today, and I was trying to – my mother's religious. I was trying to explain to her that I think that what I do is, um, in her terms – uh, in line with God. She's very religious. So I'm just trying to be like, because she doesn't like that I swear. So she was like upset that I swear so much or whatever. And uh, I was like, Mom, I may be swearing, but I honestly think that like I'm doing good things. I'm on the side of light and hope and happiness and peace and all the good things that you want. And she's like, but people, people uh, won't associate you with Jesus because you're swearing or whatever. And I just said, Mom, I don't care about that at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a huge... To go against my mother, I, I'm very close with my mother the way that you were close with your mother, but that's, that's honesty practice. Of course. That's a preposterous moment. Five years ago, I never would have been able to be like, Mom, I don't care about but that if, at all. And now, if she truly loved you, ha. that moment would, would resonate with her because her son has finally stood up to her uh, and, th- and been honest. She does like it. I think she does like it. I've had moments in my life where that honesty is rewarded, where people say something and you're just kind of like, oh, I, I completely saw this a different way. I mean, I'm a, late, I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. What's happening to me now and what's about to happen to me, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's happening now. Yeah, buddy. Because early on, I wouldn't have even been able to, to deal with it or yeah. know what it was. It happened at the right time. Yeah. But the, this honesty stuff is going to continue to infect every area of your life, although I... I as, to- as it has. Yes. As it, I'm only, it's it's really been a big thing. Yeah, it's with a- with me, mm. I want to be honest because for 20 years I wasn't just yeah. you know with relationships with everything with girls like what yeah exactly what is going you, the other example I was thinking of was there was this person that I knew and they were coming to see me uh, you know they're driving up and they're going to stay with me 
grown woman and I'm yeah. a grown man. And then I was like, well, this is romantic. Like, I, I honestly thought I was like, this person is coming. They're interested. It's going to be like a dating sort of thing. I had known them for a long time. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, come stay in my place. Comes and stays in my place. And the first thing we talk about is, is uh, her boyfriend that she just got. And I'm like, w-. And, and instead of just doing the old Pete thing, yeah. which would be dive on the grenade, feel everything I'm feeling, but keep it inside. <clears throat> Mayonnaise jar. Just seal it airtight. Never hear about it. Instead... I wasn't mean. I wasn't cruel. I didn't even get worked up. I was just like, that's really confusing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all she did was respect and love me more. These are people that I that I care about. We're still close. You know what I mean? It didn't bother us. But I was like, I really thought that this was different because I'm a fucking grown man and you're a grown-ass woman. Yeah. And I have bad intentions. You know what we I mean? We all do. Yeah. So anyway, but honesty is a wonderful thing. It, it's it's crucial. Crucial. It is crucial. And I see it every day on the on the, on the show. Well, that, yes. These people come in and they they need an answer. Yes. It's such a pivotal point in their life. Yeah. I'm happy. I can't, I can't move on unless I find out if you're cheating. Right. Or I can't, Are you? is my child doing drugs? Right. Well, let's find out. You know, did my child steal? Because at some point you might find out that you're just paranoid. Right. And even that changes everything can i ask you something uh, you can do any you can ask anything whether i answer it that's my battle that's my battle did i climb a mountain to find you you're just sitting yeah, there i was gonna climb Everest, <laughs> which i was yeah and you didn't things didn't work out but i i was gonna do my comedy central presents from the top <laughs> that's not true i i wanted to really I was going to be the first comedian to do five minutes from the top of Everest for my Sherpas. And I was training. I was doing everything. But insurance got in the way. And if you see my Comedy Central Presents, it's in front of Everest. Really? So you you wanted to do it atop Everest, but it, you, you settled for a Yeah, phone. because it would have cost a million dollars. Wow. And then I realized I'm just not that good in the cold. Yeah. So little things. I don't. I don't like rock climbing, and I don't understand the risk of your well, life that's, for something like that. Everest is a, a tricky battle. Yeah, it's not as hard as you think. No, just got to time the weather. Really? There's old people. There's ninety year olds that are climbing it. Guys with one leg. Blind people. Yeah. So, so it can be done. I've heard of that, but you, why? You just do need that? a good Sherpa. Good Sherpa, but then like he can't. Why help do you? it? Because a lot. Of, it's a challenge. Yeah. These rich people, they need to do something with their money. I understand. It's been priced so high. The poor people can't even go do it. Really? Yeah, the rich people like to be able to talk about it at the bar. Yeah. That's stupid to me. I, I know. You lose one foothold and you're just down the mountain. Exactly. Who cares? Exactly. And your Sherpa's like, oh, I got him. I got his money. Bingo. Here's what I was going to ask you. Was when you're talking about all these people who are cheating and stuff, right? I have, That seems to be coming up a lot. The question is, I've, I've been talking with people about polyamory. <laughs> that's just going to be coming up on the show a lot. Is monogamy bullshit? That's my question for you. These people keep cheating on each other. Is that a symptom of some sort of deeper need that we shouldn't be in these traditional relationships? Man, it, it's that's a tricky one. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. I certainly don't have it figured out. I'm interested in in uh, these Dan Savage types that are saying that we shouldn't be monogamous, monogamous, but monogamous. Listen, I, I don't know if I don't think I can ever get married. Okay. I just, you know, I tried it briefly. You were married just for a moment. In time. What's a moment look like? Well, I married Clint Eastwood's daughter. Oh, my God. Because I loved Dirty Harry so much. Is that a sex move? It felt like one. (laughs) 
I could you only have married s- Clint Eastwood's daughter. I did. I, I did. And what does that look like? What is happening? How did you meet Clint Eastwood's daughter? Tennis? Well, acting class. Acting class. And I told someone I'm going to marry her. No. Okay, tell me how you met. Acting class. But I mean, tell me how you met. We were in acting class. I had the teacher give us a scene together, and then it just started Because there. you saw a cutie patootie. I saw Clint Eastwood's daughter. Ooh, so you knew it was his daughter. Yeah, it, it was probably it was probably a lot of Clint involved. There was a lot of Clint. Like uh, Lisa Marie Presley, can't shake it. Of course. It. You just, can't shake it. You just it. can't. Getting a piece of the king. You just. And you're getting a piece of Clint. How, similar age? Clint and I? Yeah. Not you and Clint. Oh, sorry. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, comedy coming at you. Nerdfest, second floor. How's my barking? Nice eyes. Thank you. Is that your suit? No, doctors. Uh, Listen. You see Clint Eastwood's daughter. You know it's Mrs. Eastwood. Miss Eastwood. I'm sure that there was a lot of subliminal, I want Clint to be my dad. I mean, there was a joke, but it wasn't even a joke once. You know, we were golfing, and he's like... You and Clint? Sure. We became friends. He's like, you know, if you really wanted to golf with me this bad, all you had to do was ask. You didn't need to marry Allison. He said that? Sure. And then one time... Sure. One time he's like, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, you called me son. That's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted. (laughs) You married his daughter. What context did he say you didn't have to marry my daughter if you just wanted to play golf with me? Were you talking about, like, I don't know if it's working? Well, he knew it wasn't working. Wait, how did he know it wasn't working? Well, because on the flight home from Vegas. (laughs) Where you got married? Yeah. No, tell the whole story. She's like, I. Tell this story. She's like, I don't think we should live together and I still want to date other people. (laughs) Okay. So that let me know that this thing might not work. <laughs> so tell the story. You're in an acting thing to get together. You're the gentleman's suitor, class menagerie. What are we doing? Yeah, I'm sure it, it all could. I'm sure it was one of those plays. Sure. You do the scene. You ask her out. Yeah, we, start, we, we spent some time together. I want to know what the first date was. I don't even remember. But you went on a date. I'm sure there were dates. Yeah. But I, I listen, I don't remember any of that. I only remember the things that involved Clint. <laughs> <laughs> One time she she did say, you know, I only married you because you reminded me of Clint. And I was like, well, that's the exact same reason I married you. So it's perfect. You said that? Sure. Wait, she said that to you? She said it first. She wanted to be kind of fucking semi-dad? Maybe. Weird. Tell me about it. Yes. It just didn't work. Jeez. So he, she, you must have taken that as a compliment because you love Clint Eastwood. Listen, I tried to take her last name. You wanted her last name. Eastwood? Why not? I was the first husband to try and take my wife's last name. That is so suspect. Of course, it, the whole thing was suspect. Like Nothing worked. Updike's ex-wife, I think, kept Updike. Listen, it, it, it just didn't work. Yeah. So I've been married. How long? <laughs> it didn't last very long. Like, I, I, th- I wanted to get it annulled, but it, for some reason, it took six months, and it looks like we were married, so... It was, ve- it was that brief, though, less than a year. Yeah, we never even lived together. Really? You went to Vegas. Mar- I, I, thought, I, I thought we were, we were broken up, Yeah, and she was in Vegas, and she invited me out. And I was like, okay. And then at one point, we were in a, uh, a cab, and she's like... You know, we should probably get married. I'm like, okay. And we did. Are we on at drugs? The, at the Elvis Chapel. No drugs. Alcohol? Champagne. Yeah. 
But our limo driver was uh, the witness. He gave her away. Why did she say, let's get married? Because she was nuts. Bonkers. We were all bonkers. How old are you at this point? Fuck. I have no idea. 20s? Yeah. Late 20s. Late 20s. The one, Maybe the scariest 30. father-in-law in the world, and you're just diving in headfirst to marrying his daughter. Why not? Because he's terrifying. That's why. How he, did he feel about it? Okay, so you get he married. He didn't give a shit. You got married he didn't, before. He didn't care. He didn't? <laughs> he's so busy. Do they have so much Are they shit. close? They're close. As close as you can be to a superstar? Yeah. Clint's pretty busy. Yeah, I would imagine. He doesn't really have a lot of time for Family. all his children. He has a lot of children? I think he's spread that seed around. <laughs> Get on my lawn. Get on my lawn. <laughs> so when did you meet Clint Eastwood? Before you got married? Uh, you weren't introduced as the husband. No, I, I think... <laughs> you son of a bitch. He called you a son of a bitch. You know, he liked me because his children liked me. You know what? I met him before we got married because I was giving tennis lessons to his littler kids. He had some smaller children. Yes. So when Entertainment Tonight talked about Allison's marriage, she interviewed Clint. I mean, Entertainment Tonight interviewed Clint. Yeah. And I remember him saying... My little children seem to like him. Uh, you know, that was his quote. <laughs> which made me sound like a pedophile. Which was like... And was there just a still of you? Yeah. There's just a photo? Yeah. This guy, Kirk Fox, marries blah, blah, yeah. Eastwood. Yeah, two-bit actor. So you met him? Yeah. What was that like? He's a hero of yours? Oh, why did? That's why I married her. <laughs> it was bad out of the gate. So you meet him. Yeah. You get shaky. You're super excited. No, I find out that he likes me. Yes. We got along. We're both tall. We like Mexican food, <laughs> chicken tacos. Yeah. We had a lot in common. He's tall and lanky. Chicken tacos. Chicken tacos. Oh, I love him. Something about you, Kirk. <laughs> I can't even do his voice now. I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm just doing Batman. Uh, I just like it. But uh, I miss him. Great. I miss him. So you got to, was golf the biggest thing you ever did together? The most time you spent together? Yeah. Isn't he wild? I've heard rumors that he like goes to Paris and fucks all sorts of things. Who doesn't? Most of the world. <laughs> no, I don't know what he does. I haven't seen his passport. I've heard stories that he like rolls with like Charlie Sheen and shit. Who knows? Uh, you do. It feels like. I'm sure I probably know everything. <laughs> We'll be right back. We don't have to sell out Clint. I'm just saying for an I, old I, fella, he's still getting it wet. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? But you're seeing somebody now. You get divorced. Oh, you don't want to talk about that? Oh, we can. I, there's someone that I I see. You're dating someone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that awkwardly. No, it's not awkward. I mean, it's awkward when I think about it. I suppose. What I mean is you have someone that you date. Yeah. I should ask it. You have someone you're dating? Yes, I, I, I do. So tell me about your thoughts. You don't want to get married again. I, you don't want to have kids. I'm so selfish. You're going to have so much money, though, you could Clint it. And I'm not trying to judge Clint. I'm saying you could have kids like the way people have, like, expensive dogs. If that's the case, if I can nanny it up and maybe create life. It's, you'd, you'd take that route? Yeah, but... I appreciate that candor. But, uh, listen, at some point, this girl I'm with, is she's going to want to get married. Uh, especially after you wrap 160 episodes. What's that, 30 a pop? Who knows? I, don't, I haven't even looked at the checks yet. I've been so busy. 
They're st- they are stacking up, though. As Dave Coulier said, the money truck backs into your driveway and just dumps. Well, mine so, might just drive right through the house. That's because you can repair it. Who well, cares? It's so heavy that the brakes won't stop it. I, hey! So you're going to, I mean, that. I don't want to get. That'll push the but, marriage but, issue. But this is the Because sh- now you can but, afford but this is to be sh- married. But this is the shit that I'd like to be talking about on stage yeah. that I'm not. And, and that Your was, fear of marriage. Yeah, but th- th- these are honest things. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm loving this convo. No, but, but that's what I'd like to be talking about more on stage well, as opposed to bananas sure. and bed bugs. Well, you'll get there. Don't judge yourself. I, you're I beautiful. have to judge myself. You'll be fine. Oh, I'm not worried. I know. I'm not worried. I have a talk show. <laughs> now we're pounding. I'll, I'll be fine if I never have to go on stage again at night. But okay, let's ask this. <laughs> What, uh, what are your thoughts on you marry some girl, and then you continue to see other people? Is that is that not well? That so? would be a, a that would be an ideal. See, okay, what you just said is honest, right? Uh, that would be an ideal. When you and I were at the party, we discussed this idea, so I, we, I, we kind of buffered it a little bit. But like when men, some men, I would listen. Be, I don't like, think you dare, I don't think anyone can be monogamous. You don't. How it's just impossible. People do it though. I know, and I'm so proud of them. And but it they ten- must be miserable. It tends to kill people. It tends to bother them. It bothers. It, it's so rare. But people seem to be bothered more by being cheated on. Or it's all ego. People tend to think that it's worse to be cheated on than it is to like dry up a little bit. It's all ego. What do you mean? It, I, I, I think all, I know. It's what all. You mean. It's all. They're they're taking it personal. You don't take things personally. I try not to. I love that. I try. Did you read the four agreements? I don't. Well, I don't even know what that is. The first agreement is don't take it personally. It's a book. Well, well I believe I haven't it. read it, but clearly I must be living it. Yeah, you are living it. So you don't take it personal. So you could hy- hypothetically see a life where you're like with somebody, potentially having your nanny children with them. They're your life partner. They live in the house with you, but uh, you're boning other people. Listen, in a perfect world, is the girl boning other people though too? See, like, that's ego. I know. I That's know it's ego. ego. Of course it's... I mean, because if you don't want to deny men, yourself... Men, men are are bad. Listen, men want everything. But women are bad, too. I know. But <laughs> I'm just... Oh, they're, they're just as bad. Right? Well, of course. I, I deal with this all the time. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he was like, now we're having sex. So I hi, Gil. So I feel... That's my son, Gil. So he's like, so I feel... You, you have children? No, I don't. But so that's you my, lied to me. That's my, other, that's my daughter, Mia. Uh, have you created life? No, I haven't created life. But are do you are those your adopted children? No, no, no. Those are just two small children that I like to call my children. Okay, so they're not your children. There it was. It's it. all right. We were being so honest. I was like, oh, yeah. that's nice. He no, adopted I'm some sorry. children I took from you into Venezuela. The, I took you into the trust hut and then that's I betrayed right. it. That's all right. I'm glad well, they're not. My friend was saying he was like chicklets. So I have a friend who wants to be uh, monogamish, meaning ideally he would like to see somebody and potentially have them be their girlfriend, but also see other people or have them both be open to having these like adventures with other people. Blah blah blah. Adventures. I like it. The adventures are great. But he was saying, he was like, when do I tell her? And then he's like, and now we're sleeping together and, I, and now I owe it to her. I have to tell her. And I was like, okay, I understand that. Honesty is always great and you probably should tell. But don't like when – you, when people do that all the time, they're like, and now we're fucking. So I owe her this, this, or this. It's like – it's not like she didn't get something out of it. She also received sex, which is pleasurable. Yeah. It's a good – thing it should be it should be a good thing I mean, but it should I, be pleasurable to both it should be good for well that's another a lot of a lot of the i feel like a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people cheat if they're not getting love at home okay that's your experience on the show especially? well i'm finding that so it's like you better find a way to 
to spice up this marriage. Yes. If you're not giving someone love. And it works both ways. I'm, I'm just saying. But on the show, you couldn't, I'm guessing, CBS or the producers probably wouldn't like you to say, well, maybe you guys should try swinging. No. Yeah. They would rather you say, it's a better story if Marty McFly's dad punches Biff. You know what I mean? Listen. Instead of being there, like. There's people that come in and if they're swingers, hey, if that works for you guys, that's great. Right. I mean, I'll never say don't, because if it's working for you, right? who am I to judge anything? But what lights me up is your honesty that I don't think most people will allow them. When we were at Dane's house, I said to him, this is the same party that me and Dean Del Rey were at, the, at his house for the 4th of July. I said, I never even dared to dream of a house this big. And I think those mental blocks, those limitations, are what gets in the way of uh, people exploring alternative lifestyles, as mm-hmm. weird as they might seem to people. The idea that you wouldn't dare to dream... Just when you said honestly, like, yeah, that would be great if I could be married and have a family with one person. It'd be, and it, also it'd be, it'd be nice to have a wife <laughs> and uh, some people in other rooms. But why not make a run at the best life ever? Hey, listen, I never, I didn't say that that's not going to be my life. No, I'm not saying that you said that. But I'm saying that's the argument for it, isn't it? Of course. <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons we want our but own talk show. With them, oh God, people in themselves have the filters up in their hearts. I'm not talking about the way you they have talk. to. I, I say, I mean, quiet you, moments you, in but the you shower. Have, you have to come out of the gate. You have to come out of the gate with it. With that, you don't breach it later. Yeah. Okay. If if you meet a girl and you're talking about taking the next step, what does that mean? Taking the next step. Listen, if you're going to be day, if you're going to be with somebody and you still want to be with some other people, mention it out of the gate, see how they respond. Pre-sex like my friend was dealing with? I That face yeah. seems to be like I don't think you would do that. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I always want to at least get laid. If you do it pre-sex, it might get in the way of sex. <laughs> see, I that's think, weird honesty. Of course it is, but I think if you're going to breach the subject, it's good to at least breach it after sex. Because what if the sex was so good, she's like, all right, listen, whatever it takes. <laughs> I don't want to lose you. That's another chip on the table? Yes. <laughs> so I like it. I'm into it. But you are, so you're seeing somebody now, and it's, and it's going well. It's going well. <laughs> I mean, it's going. It's been good. Listen, I've been with her for a while. Yes. How do you meet her? Uh, I'm interested in how people meet people. Well, ours is special. Yes. Uh, I met her at Bristol Farms on Valentine's Day. What is Bristol Farms? It's a little market on Sunset in Fairfax. Okay. And uh, it was Valentine's. I asked her if she had a Valentine. She said no. So You said you have a Valentine? I went out and got her a dozen roses and waited by her car like a predator. Like a straight-up stalker. And then I handed her the roses and scared the shit out of her. And did she later say it was scary or did she like it? Listen, she later said that she never even looked up. She didn't even know what I looked like. She was so freaked out. But that's just because she's shy. Young. Young child. She's such a young girl. How old? Well, she just turned 27. At that time? No. Oh. Friday. <laughs> CPA. You know. Listen, I I should probably, you know, she wants to marry me. <laughs> you know this? Of course. <laughs> but she doesn't know that you would like this weird fantasy. Well, she does. You know, she'll say I don't. She'll she'll she thinks I can barely handle her. But that's just uh, the illusion I've created. She always thinks I'm tired. 
How can you have another when you can't even handle me? You know, <laughs> you have to let the youth think that. We'll be right back. Listen, I, I, I love her. I have some love. Yes. But I sometimes think about Dr. Phil in shows like yours. When it comes to non-traditional advice, like it would be hard for you to be like, maybe you should just get divorced on the show. Listen. Maybe it would be good if you guys got out of here. This is a stupid institution. Why are you even doing it? Get out of here. Listen, if people are fighting and there's domestic violence and the children are suffering, listen, yeah. maybe you shouldn't be together. Yeah. End it. I've said that. Yeah. It's like I'm being honest in the moment. Yeah. So who are the people, what are some of these cases that you've really helped? Is there any that come to mind that you can talk about? Well, there's, there's a, a ton. There's a ton. And I, I don't want to talk about them because the shows haven't aired. But Right. Hey, listen, there's also been some drug, a lot of drug issues. I've gotten some people really? into rehab and saved some lives. See? Good stuff. It's all good stuff. See, I'm interested in that idea. I know I'm doing a silly talk show. I'm doing a half-hour comedy talk show. But when we pitched it to TBS and when I talked to TBS about it, I'm like, I like the, I envy the heart of shows. Listen, we have, we're doing a lot of DNA testing and paternity. And so when people are finding out yeah. who, their, who their children are. Well, well, the show is conflict resolution. Okay. But I'm more focused on the resolution. Yes. And then what to do after you find out the resolution. As opposed to egging them on to fight. Exactly. Right. And we have, we have an amazing aftercare specialist. Yeah. yeah. So that if someone's having trouble with what they've learned, they can, they can talk to the aftercare specialist for as long as they need. It's a, it's, a real, it's a real show. This show's all about heart. I love it. It's all about heart. And, and the reason it is is because cause I have heart. Right. And it starts with me. <laughs> What are these affirmations? TheTestTV.com. You believe in Email it? me, Kirk, at TheTestTV.com. See, we picked up on stuff. I'll tell you something weird, Kirk, because that's what I like to do. Since we talked, one of our conversations was masturbating. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember all conversations. Yeah. We've only had a couple. Well, we if, were... if one of them deals with masturbation, it's hard to forget. Yeah, that's right. That's why you have and those and it's conversations. It's only been a week ago. What do you want to know about masturbation? That's mas- why regular conversations are so boring. It's like, why aren't we talking about masturbation? And we got Dane in there. It was a great convo. We're talking about jerking it. Since I saw you, I, I have, I have, I think I'm on like seven days or something. It's an incredible record. And do you feel better? Record. I'll tell you what I feel. And because I'm, because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you and, and lots I, of things. And I know you're the host, so I, I don't want to ever step on you. We'll but, be right back. But you look better. I do. Yeah, you have a, a better twinkle. In tell your me what you're saying. I'm saying you look better today than when you saw me. Than on July 4th. Well. And if, and if you haven't masturbated in seven days, well, it, your, your chi is stronger, your life force. What is the date today? I don't, I don't know dates. Sorry. What's the date today? The 7th? The 9th? Today's the 9th. So for five days. But, but at that point, I was looking at like five days or four days. So it's been like, almost like 10 okay. days or something. Well, you look great. Yee! Because, it, <laughs> because let me tell you something. You're in charge of, of, of yourself right now. You're not beholden to your penis and, well, and giving yourself a moment of pleasure and then, yes. and then feeling like a punk. <laughs> Cleaning yourself up and asking why. Why am I addicted to masturbating? And it's, I'll tell you what's weird. Because I don't. I, I haven't. But, you know, I also have a girlfriend. But, yes. But even when I don't, I, I save my chi. Well, you told me about the chi thing. You save your chi. Sometimes you save it so long that you'll have a wet dream and you'll feel like a kid again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We'll be right back. <laughs> so that's a belief of yours. I'll tell you what it's, it's done all, for me. For some reason, it's always been. 
Yes. Like sometimes, like when I was younger, I'd even look at porn. Yeah. To just get even more fired up. But I wouldn't relieve myself, which is a little masochistic. Yeah, I understand. But then I, but then I would take that out to the clubs, and I'd really be on point. <laughs> you knew you had your eyes on the prize. You, you really are focused. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I'll tell you what it's doing for me. I was sitting with uh, a fella, a friend of mine, after a show, and a guy came up to us, a drunk guy. This'll happen. A drunk guy comes up to us and starts telling a man, a good friend of mine, why one of his bits didn't work. All right? Now, my friend happens to be a sweetheart. A lot of my friends are sweethearts. I like to consider myself a sweetheart, so I hang out with other sweethearts. So we're two sweethearts. This guy comes up, and he's now, like... when you say sweethearts, you just mean you're a sweet guy? Just a sweet guy, yeah. Okay. I know it's kind of a weird way to say it, but yeah. Like I always thought you were gay. Did you? No. <laughs> That's fine, either but way. But that was a nice look you gave me. Like, oh, our friendship is over. No, I, no, I wouldn't end the no. friendship for that. No. I so I'm sitting there, me two sweeties, and uh, why would you think I'm gay? Me and uh, my sweetie. Are Let sitting. it go. <laughs> no, I just meant that. Cut, cut to you run to the bathroom and masturbate. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy comes up and starts explaining to my guy why one of his bits doesn't work, which is just so offensive. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So he's listening and he's like, I hear your point. He's being very diplomatic. He's like, I hear your point. Thank you for coming to the show. Let me just present this counter argument to you. And I watched this. So he's talking to a fellow comedian? No, he's talking to a a drunk guy that was at the show. A young man. And the drunk guy is telling? Telling the comedian what he did wrong. And then he even had the audacity. So he's acting like he represents the whole crowd. And then he was like, I even asked a couple other people. And then he referenced another show he had been at where that guy was performing. And he was like, remember when that guy yelled out boring? The heckler yelled out boring? I mean, like, that was a funny moment. Like, meaning the heckler was right. So using the heckler. So he's basically post-game heckling him. So I watched them argue for a little bit. And then, like, I had this really mo- this great moment for me that I think was directly linked to me not jerking it. I swear to God, because I'm feeling so much more aggressive that I stopped. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, okay, hold on. This guy, this guy right here is an artist. All mm-hmm. you should ever say to him is thank you for the show and continue trying what you're doing. I appreciate your endeavors. What you're saying right now is offending him and it's offending me. So you need to say thank you and walk away. I didn't mean like I'm going to attack you. I just meant like you got to walk away. You were on point. This is over. And I swear to God. Because it, your life force was, was at the, its optimum. It's optimum. And I said You it. weren't depleted. Your semen, when you deplete your semen, it takes away everything because your brain's rebuilding. Yeah. So you were, you were fresh. You were uh, at the top of your game. That's why we sleep after sex. Yes, to so, replenish. Yeah, so if you're masturbating a lot, you're sleeping through life. <laughs> you're constantly in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. You're planting. Yeah. Your body's energy, inarguably, your body's energy is going somewhere where it wouldn't be going if you didn't need to regrow yeah. sperm. Now, now, now your brain, your blood's going to your brain instead of your testicles. And I didn't replay it over and over in my brain. I didn't feel a flush of cowardice or regret that I just set a guy straight kindly. No, because now you're really Pete. I was being, but here's the thing, Kirk Fox, and you are the test.tv.me right now. The testtv.com. Thank you. you Don't confuse me. You're doing that to me right now because, like, I feel like that that's something that I need to hear is the idea that I'm afraid of being everything that I am. I really am. 
I'm afraid of my urges. I'm afraid of my sexuality to a certain extent because of being raised with uh, guilt and all that sort of stuff. I'm afraid of my dreams. I'm afraid of dreaming bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't, I don't need to be. That's of course not the test because they're TV your own. Daughter, go or, go. But, well, whatever it is, because they're your own. Yes, and you shouldn't be afraid of anything that you're thinking if it comes from a true place. Yeah, but yeah, and and if your sexual urges get you arrested then you might want to rethink them yeah but if it's just a thought and you find someone attractive and you go up to her and say listen i just you're beautiful i just want to tell you i don't know what what will come of it but i just want to make the effort it's nice to meet you my name's pete i hope you enjoyed the show love to see you sometime i'd you know love to have a cup of coffee or take you to lunch start start with a sandwich it's hard it's hard to live in in the now it's hard it's hard to live in the now when you're when you're a masturbator It's hard to be present when you're a jerker. It's easy when you're cheese full. Because then you're being honest because it's both of you talking. (laughs) Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. That's right. All you need is nourishment. You're right there. That's right. You're not whittling it down. Yeah. No girl wants to know that you're masturbating. I'll tell you this. I'm sleeping a lot less. I'm like eight hours. I'm popping off the pillow, and I don't really like that. I like to burn off more of the day. Yeah, but you should ask yourself why you're burning, why you used to just waste some of the day. That's the old Pete. That's because you weren't happy. <laughs> less time you're awake, less time you have to face who you are. Now you're get up early and just go out and be Pete. I'll be right back. Now, now do you know why CBS loves me? Oh, I knew already. You've won me over already. The viewers. I got a new viewer. Yeah, I'll watch your fucking show, you magic man. That's it. Uh, so tell me, how were you raised? You, you were a mama's boy. I'm interested in that. Uh, I was the youngest of five children. Okay. That's, we'll get some showmen out of that. I grew up in San Diego. Uh, Sandy D. I love my mom and my dad. Right next to purple stuff. It was a real, a real special upbringing. Yeah. Close. Together. They were together. They were, it was true love. Really? It was uh, the greatest love story ever, the way my parents met. No. My dad. I don't mean no. I mean, of course it is. My dad, uh, my dad was in the army. Mm. He went into the army late, survived Okinawa. Wow. uh, Ran the crap games on the ship, got demoted down to Cook. And because of that, he survived Okinawa. Everyone else most of everyone else died, but because because he was in the lower decks. No, because he was the cook. He didn't have to go out and get shot. I see. So the crap games saved his life. I was picturing some sort of bombing. That's all right. All right, so we're shooting. So uh, so he was in the army, and then when he he uh, drove out to La Jolla, San Diego, mm. on, on a 1947 Indian chief. With his dog, Bruce, on the gas tank. Love a dog named Bruce. And the dog had goggles on. It was a little Australian jumper. Mm-hmm. So my dad drove all the way out to California from Michigan on this motorcycle. And he became a house painter. And he was painting a house down in La Jolla Shores with his dog. Bruce. With Bruce up, uh, up on the roof. I'm picturing the brush in his mouth. He's That's all right. Bruce probably bit. helped. Had yeah. a little brush. Yeah. Mostly just over, oversaw. Yeah. He was mostly a foreman. Bruce didn't do a lot of work, but he did sit there. And then all of a sudden, Bruce ran down the ladder and took off down the beach. And he ran two miles down the beach with my dad chasing him. 
And he went around the corner at Black's Beach, which is a famous beach down in La Jolla. Yeah. And the dog started barking at this woman. And my dad came around the corner, reached down, picked up Bruce, looked up at the woman, and fell in love and said, one day you'll be my wife. And that was my mom. No! So Bruce, Bruce picked out Marjorie. He smelled Marjorie. He knew for some reason. Why did he take off? Someone said, go find, go find this woman and She's create near. life. Yeah. Create Kirk Fox. This is important. We need a host for the Eventually. Test. Yes. We need someone who will not masturbate. Yeah, we need someone who's not afraid of his chi. We need a strong chi on daytime. Go make him. So uh, she was actually engaged to somebody at the time. Shut up. What is this, big fish? No, Robert Bruce Willis. Is, she was engaged to him. He was another soldier over at Pearl Harbor. So she went to Hawaii after she met my dad. Wait, so they exchange info at that yeah, time? Yeah, they, 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 they spent a little time together yeah. in La Jolla. And, uh, is that a wink-wink moment? A wink-wink? Spent a little time no, together? No, I don't know. I, who knows how the extent of it? I wasn't there. Yeah. But then she went to Hawaii to see how she felt about Robert Bruce Willis, and she decided that my dad was better. And she came back, and she married my dad. <laughs> and they, they were together right up till the end. I love my it. dad died in 2000. And then my mom in 2007. Hmm. But I, my, my dad was uh, a special character. How's that? You know, he was uh, a philosopher, a house painter, handyman. But when he was 65, he, uh, he woke up one morning and he just went down to the deep sand in Mission Beach with a bamboo stick and just started trudging in the deep sand along the boardwalk mm-hmm. in Mission Beach. And he started doing it every day as the sun was coming up. And he quit drinking and he quit smoking and he became a, a real philosopher. They called him Bamboo Ben. No. And, and, he, and, and, he, and, he, and he would trudge. He would trudge along the boardwalk with this bamboo stick. And one day he was real tired. And he felt like his heart, he felt, this is it. Mm. I'm, I'm about to die. And he took a deep breath which he thought was his last breath. And he reached for the heavens. And he said, Raya. Raya. And he started breathing again. What's Raya? Well, eventually I found out it's air backwards. It's the first thing you take in when you're born, and it's the last thing you let go of when you die. You know, Raya. You have it on your wrist, tattooed. Yeah, under under that watch. When he died, I did that, but... And it energized him. And he just started trudging again. And then every five or six hundred feet, he would stop and reach for the heavens, take a deep breath. And people started following him. No. And every time he would reach for the heavens, they would also. So by 10 or 15 years later, he had two or three hundred people that would, would walk with him every morning. Shut. Chanting Raya. They called him Bamboo Ben. They called it the Soft Sand Shuffle. So I'm the product of magic. So he did that for... Uh, You're just walking out there. You can find a person like you with these stories. At Dane Cook's. You're in who front of me. Th- who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I think when he was about... Followers. I think when he was about 85, he got cancer. 
and he didn't he just didn't want to go to the hospital. He just said, "Let's let nature take its course." Hmm. He he didn't believe in. He just wanted to go out at home. Mm-hmm. But it took about two years. It's a long time. And finally, I was like, "Dad, why?" I mean, you're supposed to go two years ago. I'm like, "Why do you? Why haven't you died?" He's like, "Listen, every morning I want to see your mom so bad, I just keep waking up." Oh my God! So so he hung in there for two years. To keep hanging out with your mom? Yeah, he liked spending those those days with her, and then finally, and for the first year, he still trudged. For the first year of the cancer, yeah, he was still doing the morning, and then one morning he couldn't get up, and he's like, "Kirk, the bed has finally won out." Oh. So then for the next year, he just, you know, he was fighting it at home. Hmm. But then on the final night. You know, he he was sleeping upstairs on the porch. Like, the house I grew up in is the same house my mom grew up in. What? My grandma lived upstairs. The The house I grew up in in Pacific Beach, my grandma raised my mom's family in. So my dad married my mom and just moved into the lower level. Oh, my God. So that tells you a little bit about my dad. Yeah. He was just a handyman, and fuck it, I'll move in. Oh, my God. So, uh... At the end, he was upstairs on the porch. His grandma had died in 93 when I was doing Wyatt Earp. And uh, (laughs) my mom was sleeping inside, and he was out on the porch because he liked it out on the porch because it was cooler. Mm -hmm. And uh, He slept outside like a guru. Well, there was a porch. It was a roof. There was a roof. It was a patio. It wasn't outside on the front lawn. No, I understand. But... She was asleep in, in the other room, and she, she finally, she heard him saying, no, 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 because he'd been fighting it the whole time. Mm. And she went out there, and he was kind of in and out, and he was trying to get his legs off the bed to walk, but by then there was no strength left in the legs. Mm. And he he wanted to walk. He wanted to trudge. You know, he'd, he grabbed a bamboo stick you know he just went and grabbed it there was he he made these bamboo bonkers which were bamboo sticks with golf balls on top <laughs> and he'd he'd trudge with those and he'd hand them out to the homeless and he made a short one that was about the size of this mic and he gave it out to women because there was a lot of carjackers in san diego uh-huh. and it was called a bamboo bonker and he said listen if someone reaches in to take your keys just take this bamboo bonker and Hit it right on the top of their hand. You know, it'll stop them. That was his big thing. But he was saying, no, no. And she came out there, and she sat on the edge of the bed. And then the sun started to come up because he'd see the sun rise every morning. And she looked out at the sun, and she said, the sun's coming up. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. And she got up to go inside to put on her her clothes because she was in her nightgown. And when she came back, he, he was gone. So when he saw her walk away, he knew she was going to be all right, and he knew he could go. Hmm. So that you know, so I'm the product of of true love. Yeah. So people wonder why, you know, why am I the way I am? Yeah. Like, why don't you get married and create life? And it's because that's such. I come from such love that can I can I even compete with that? Yeah, you've seen the golden standard. You know, or is it just fear? It's, is it just I want. 
I want everything. But those stories of meeting pretty young, you know what I mean, and having it be romantic. But it like wasn't that. young. He was forty-five or oh, 50. really? Yeah, he was, was a late. Assuming. He was a late bloomer. Wow. He was forty-five. She may have been thirty-five. Oh my God! You That's... know, he started. He went into the army when he was thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Wow! And he was born in nineteen thirteen. And playing dice. Saved run, his life. Running the crap games yeah. on the ship. Yeah. They demoted him. Yeah. But they let him keep playing the crap games because it kept the morale of the soldiers up. Wow. That is an incredible story. Thank you so much for so, that. But that's, you know, Raya. What happened to his followers? All came to the funeral, I have to imagine. I got them now on Twitter. You got the followers? <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> you just tweet Raya. 500,000 retweets. Probably. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I talked about this once on Jay Moore's podcast. Yeah. And it, people really resonated with it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, I didn't mind talking to you about it because I like you. And, it, and it's funny because I hadn't talked about it in a year. Yeah, it's remarkable. But it's a, it's a true, honest moment. So there's no reason to not yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Even if people have heard it, listen, I, I like talking about it. Oh, I agree. Because it's good for me. Yeah. I mean, what, what what was your dad about? With the, did he he didn't preach to his followers? He just he walked. Just walked. He was a. Uh, he used to get up every morning and say, "Isn't it wonderful?" And we'd say, "What? What?" He said, "When we as Earth planet travelers become aware of our relativity with the great universal life force." That was his thing. Get out of bed, stand on your head, take a deep breath, and say love. He was just a philosopher. <laughs> He was he Get never, out of bed, stand on your head, take a deep breath and say love. He never raised his voice. He was just, he, every day he'd get up and go paint houses in La Jolla. You know, we lived in Pacific Beach, which yeah. is kind of the poor area. Uh-huh. And then he'd go to La Jolla and everyone liked him. He'd build shelves or paint garage floors. Wow. He was a handyman, but he raised five kids. Wow. I was the youngest of five. According to him, I was the last drip from a leaky faucet. <laughs> That was his nickname. Did he teach you? Did he disciple you in this way? Did no you one listen? Taught, no one taught me anything. I I just was raised by... He's a character. Yeah. But you weren't embarrassed by your dad? You thought it was cool? There's always some embarrassment. Sure. Until you get to an age where you realize it's cool. That it took effort. That that wasn't a man that was just nuts or, or stupid or embarrassing. He was like working it. That was who he was. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to just be who I am. Well, he was making that effort to speak his truth and to find his place and to, to have his inner voice match his outer voice. Yeah. yeah. The, the, every, every kid in the neighborhood would have to come by every day and, and show my dad their fingernails to make sure they weren't chewing their nails. You know, so he was always trying to help. Like discipline. Well, just point out you shouldn't be chewing your nails. Yeah. Forge your tongue on the anvil of truth. That's what he'd say? Yeah, all those things. And he was a handyman. I mean, this is a, a guy who never believed in medicine. Yeah. Any dental work, never any Novocaine. Yeah. I mean, he was a tough... I mean, he was get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this that was that was who my dad was. This is why you love Clint, one of them. Part of the reason. Yeah. Like a man's man. Yeah, I was, I was raised that way. He'd come to my soccer games and... Everyone would be like, why is your grandfather there? It's my dad. You know, he had me late in life. Yeah. So. But wise. When did you start kind of getting it? Listen, I was always, I was always talking about him. Mm. But I'd only use it to get laid. Because it was such great stories. Yes. You know, 
people loved the story. And then I re- then at some point I realized, oh, that's just a great story. Yeah. Don't use it for evil. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny that two jerks talking about polyamory. I guess that's still just my puritanical guilt. But then I hear a story like that. And I'm like, oh, that inspires people. I guess, though, it wouldn't really break my heart if you told me that your dad also like loved other people. But he didn't. It was just he he was all about my mom. Yeah. But there is something. Is it programming in me? Is it Disney? Is it movies? Or is it biology that I'm like, that's that's good. That's good stuff. It's hope. Right. If that can work. It's just, you want that. Yes. Because as humans, we want Princess Bride. We want true love. Yeah. Just, but society has just made so many obstacles to it. What do you mean? Just everywhere you look, they're throwing something to try and distract us from true love. But weren't we also just saying that like true love seems like bullshit and we should be loving lots of people? Wasn't that kind of a feeling we had a minute ago? And it's wrong. You think that's wrong? You, you, you should find that mate for that special love. <laughs> I, I never said it It was a great thing. Oh, I don't think you're going back on yourself. I, just, I, I hear no, you. No, I'm, I'm saying, hey, I want it all. Yeah. But then the question is, why do I want it all instead of one magic one? Yeah. Those, those are questions we have to ask ourselves. Right. You know, it, ta- I mean, it takes a lot of balls to, to be loyal and to be a good man. Yeah. It does. It takes a lot of courage yes. to be an honorable, authentic man yes. who just loves the one and doesn't need the others. But the, I mean, the question is, why don't I just marry this great girl I have? Yeah. Why? What am I afraid of? So he did it later. I mean, did he do some... Oh, wow. he was a dog. Yeah. He, he was, was an dog. itinerant bachelor. Yeah. He was good looking, just... Drinker, boozer. Getting fucked. Yeah. Doing some fucking. Why not? And then you marry a woman that's wonderful. Then you, then I guess you find the one. And then you trudge. And then you trudge every day. Instead every of. Every morning. Probably instead of fucking. I mean, that probably is another place to put that energy, you put maybe. That, you put the chi in the sand. Yeah. There you go. You just Detoxify out the feet. Hey, he was in great shape. Was he? Three or four miles a day in the deep sand every yeah. day of his life from 65 to 85. He went every day. Wow. But who knows? Maybe he just wanted to... Work out the blue balls? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they were still fucking... Who knows? The, the truth is, they slept in separate beds for really? all, all I can remember. Why? Crazy legs? He snored, I think. Yeah, one of those things. Something. So, listen, maybe maybe it wasn't... Maybe it was off. Maybe it was... But maybe even that, even that being non-traditional, they didn't sleep together. And then you're talking about he wanted to get up and live so he could go and see her. She's in the other room. You know what I mean? Even that fuels that theory. I'm missing her. I'm going to go get her. Maybe we shouldn't be sleeping in the same beds every night. I, I, I spent a few, three or four nights. Without the girl. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I've never done that. You know, she lives close. It's convenient. Yeah. But I need, I need three or four nights on my own. Well, those, uh, there's those boundaries. That's some good boundaries. But at first, I was spending too many nights with her. Yeah. I just felt well, it's hard to It's hard to scale that back. But you did it. Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like being alone. I, I sleep better by myself. See, that's a $10,000 statement right there. I, 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 you know, I go both ways. I like sleeping with somebody, but then I like sleeping alone. So I do both. 
You found the balance. You got to find that balance. You're not going to find it if you're masturbating every day. I'll be right back. <laughs> I won't be here when you get back. <laughs> You'll be busy jacking off. So your dad is exceptional. I close as I've come to crying on the show. Um, well, I could have finished you off if I wanted. You, I saw, you I had saw me in your, your sights. Oh, of course. I saw you were close. I just didn't want to pull the trigger. <laughs> You could have just put on candle in the wind or some shit. No, I could have said one, one or two more things and uh. you're done. I just didn't feel like doing that to you. Kirk, you're a magician. You're just a, a man. You're a medicine man. Just a man. You're not just a man. Well. You're, you're a great guy. I'm special. Tell me about your mom. You obviously have self-esteem. Did she tell you you're special? Well, she was great. Her big thing was uh, you can either fly with crows or soar with eagles. There you go. She always told me to pick my friends. Hot dog. I'm not, we say that on the show. I'm, a little bit embarrassingly, when I was religious, I got that from Joel Osteen. He's like, you can't soar with the eagles when you're kicking around with the pigeons. Exactly. And I tell young comedians that you, when you're starting out, you need to look to your left and right and the other comedians and be like, those are the guys you're, you're associated with and those are the guys you're going to come up or down with. And it's fucking true. That's why I was very, very deliberate about finding – uh, when John Mulaney was on my podcast, I, I like referencing this because I'm not embarrassed of it. I saw a guy who I respected. I thought we had stuff in common, and I went after him as a friend. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to be friends. I do this all the time. I do that with guests on the show. I did that with you. You hey, know what I mean? Listen, uh, and, and I took it. Yeah. Because I, I needed a friend too. There you go. But which friends? And what are we doing? We're standing around talking about chi and not jerking at Dane's house and having a real honest conversation. You but, go, but we're also we're also the timing was impeccable. Yes, and that's rare. Yes, we were setting each other up. <laughs> yeah, and you were laughing at everything, and I laughed at nothing. And you thought you liked that. I did like that. Everything you, I like the feeling. It's a wonderful feeling in life to be at a party or anywhere and be like. Are you guys hearing what this person is saying? When I say it on stage, I often say it at a live podcast. I go, I don't know why we're not all laughing. That's an honest feeling. I feel that way often. I'm like, he's making this shit up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just coming out of him. I'm funnier off stage than I am on. That's a problem. And that's what I'm working on. Yeah, I know. We're all working on that. That's a problem for all of us. I don't mean for you. That's a problem for all of us. Yeah. Great Lewis Black quote. He one day decided to stop being funnier off stage than he was on. Um, Mom. So, exceptional mom, close with the mom. Great mom. Raised by the mom? Your dad. Your dad's kind of- Both of them. They were, yeah. they were both there. Yeah. Listen, I was spoiled. At five I think, kids? I think it, because she called me the little prince. They were all a year apart, and then eight years later, me. Oh. She would bring me food from Taco Bell when I was in sixth grade. I'd sneak out and walk down the hill, and she'd meet me there. We'd eat in the car. No. I was a real mama's boy. She'd smuggle you Taco Bell? Taco Bell or Del Taco back then. Yeah. She'd make tacos once a week. That reminds me in my, of me and my mother. Uh, even, in, even in high school, I remember. There, you know, I'd sneak out and meet her occasionally. Really? Yeah, because there, there was a time where you weren't allowed to leave campus. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember there was a gate that you could open up enough to slide food in. Really? Over by the racquetball courts. Should slide you food. Uh, not, I hadn't thought about it, but I'd, I'd meet her there, and she'd hand me some food through the fence. <laughs> Your secret mom. My secret mom. <laughs> like slipping you a cake with a file baked inside of it to prison. She, she was the best. My yeah. dad. My dad called her Mud Hook. Mud Hook. Yeah. Why? Well, it turned out I just thought it was a fish, but it turned out that a mud hook's an anchor. Uh huh. 
And she was the anchor to the to the house. Mud hook. Yeah. I do, you know, at, at her funeral, I, I wrote up something and I said it. And I wish I had brought it, but I didn't know we were going to talk about this. But, you know, if I ever do the podcast again, sure, I'd love to read this. Yeah. Or I'll give it to you and you can read it. No, either way. But uh, it was just, it just talk, it, it encompassed who she was. Yeah. Talking about mud hook. You spoke at your mother's funeral. Yeah. And it was funny because uh, one of the last things, the last email she sent me, because I, I wrote her from Edinburgh. Yeah. And uh, I got an email like the night before, the night that she died, I, I got an email from her mm-hmm. because I had emailed her during the day and I'm like, fuck. She's like, how's it going? I'm like, you know, no one's laughing. I just I can't get him to laugh. It's okay. And, she, and she's like, keep trying. Wish there was something I could do. Love, mama. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always, that was always her thing. You know, keep trying. Wish there was something I could do. But there was nothing she could do mm-hmm. except everything because that, that was like, mm-hmm. she was just great. She was the mom. Yeah. She played the piano, artist, calligraphy. She, she raised five kids. Didn't work. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, raising five kids is work. Sure. Took care of grandma who lived upstairs. Wow. Yeah. We all lived downstairs. A big place, but we'd take food upstairs to grandma. She cooked for grandma every night. My dad built a fire. We'd all sit around the fire. <laughs> this is going to be some million little pieces of shit if I find out all of this is a lie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I will burn down your house. <laughs> Kirk Fox, he's from Bel Air, fucker. He grew up with Clint Eastwood. Are you kidding? He's never been married. That is so wild. So tell me, how, how did this family raise you religiously? It sounds vaguely spiritual, and you feel vaguely no spiritual. No religion. Yep. Just, Just do stand what you on want. your head. Just do what you want. Say love in the morning. Yeah. There was no, nothing no, nothing organized. Okay. Treat people the way you want to be treated. There you go. Now we're cooking. Great universal life force. No labels. Great universal life force. That there's was, something bigger. Yeah. My dad said, you know, there's something. Just believe in something. I, you know, that's what I keep coming back to. It doesn't have to. to be a god. It's just believing in energy force. Yeah. It's just this. It's this. It's what, I, what I, when I look at this, I go, people are like, why do you believe in something? I, I just believe in science. And that's fine. And that resonates with me as well. But I'm just like looking around and I'm just predisposed. I think my brain just goes like, what the fuck is this? What is this color and sound and feeling and experience? I, I, I'll tell you what, what, what I believe in and you can feel it sometimes. And it's just unity. Of it's just love when everyone comes together, even if it's at a sporting event, or anytime there's a group of people that are yes. that are moved yes. by anything, you're swept up in it. Yes, and it's just an energy. Yes, like an avatar where they're all holding hands at the end and singing. never never saw it, but I'm sure a lot of people. Well, you could just sure. say a group of people singing and holding hands. Yeah, yeah, just anything. I mean, that's that's why a lot of people love church. Right. Because they, they feel a part of something. Yes, absolutely. And I don't go to church because I feel a part of everything. Yeah. You're in church right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm trying to be. It's my, it's that connection of just fucking, I want to be here right now and not be full of shit. Yeah. I want to be able to take a deep breath. Raya. Yeah. You know, it's in. just air backwards. First thing we take in when we're born, last thing we let go of when we die. Yeah. And he was like, always open fingers. When you reach for the heavens, open your fingers. Never closed fist, which is negative. Yeah. Raya. 
Yeah. Just stretch and take it in and just be kind <laughs> and nudge, try and nudge people in the right direction. Yes. But no fear of uh, judgment. Why? I don't know. We were talking about uh, your, your, your parents' love being better than a polyamorous relationship in our, in our guts. So for, you, the, for them. Okay. I can only base it on what, what I felt and saw. So you believe in sinning against yourself almost, like what you're supposed to be doing, what's right for you in your life, being on the path or not. You just have to do what feels right to you. Right. And if it's banging everything in town, that's your path. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to have to ask yourself what you're getting out of that. Because at the end of the day, you're not having that true connection. Mm-hmm. You know, this connection that you and I are having, that's real. Mm-hmm. But if there was five or six guys here and it was all flip and everyone was trying to, then you're missing out. That's true. So this to me is an honest relationship. But if I was giving you a piece of me and everyone else a little piece, there, there's not the true connection. True, but if you go out from here, sorry to keep bringing this back to That's polyamory, right. but we can we, have we this had a time. Couple, we had a couple. We had a polyamorous couple on. Yeah, where there was a guy and his wife, and the wife liked women also, mm-hmm. and she was having an affair with another woman, mm-hmm. and she brought her into the household, mm-hmm. and then she wanted a, a kid. So now, now they all live together, mm-hmm. and that's seems to be working for them where one-on-one wasn't working interesting so so if, you know who's to who's to judge right so you're not you're not judging and you're not being afraid of judge judgment for yeah. yourself okay and dead over dead over over when we're dead yeah you think so yeah it doesn't that surprises me you seem like this close to telling me that you still talk to your father or he still talks to you I I believe in ghosts sometimes, there, but if does that mean that there's life after? It could just be an echo of some sort of energy. Is that the other argument? Well, come to think of it, uh, I want to know why you believe in ghosts very badly. But come to think of what? <clears throat> like the bedroom I grew up in was the same bedroom my mom grew up in. Yes. And one night when I was thirteen or fourteen, I heard a little baby crying and splashing right outside my window. To the point where I got up, looked out the window. There's, there's no pond. There's no pool. But I really heard a baby splashing and... Cooing. Yeah, just... And then suddenly it stopped and I heard the water rippling. And I went back to bed. Hmm. And the next morning I woke up and I said, Mom, I had the weirdest dream last night. She's like, what? I'm like, I dreamt I heard a little baby crying and splashing you know, right outside my window. And she turned white, pale. Pale as a ghost. Hmm. She she exited the room, and I saw her after school again. Taco Bell in hand. No, this was at home. It wasn't every day. I'd have to be good, special. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, Mom, what what happened? And she sat me down, and she's like, you know, we've never told anybody. We haven't told the children. But, you know, 50 years ago last night, I had a little baby brother that drowned in a pond right outside your window. Oh my god! Baby crawled out of the crib and into the there was a, there used to be a pond there, and then they filled it with cement after the baby died. So why did I have that? Clearly, maybe there's something on the anniversary of the death. Yeah. 
Wow. So that to me says, hey, maybe there is something after. So I was catching myself. Sure. So when I say when you're dead, you're dead. Or I, I like to think when you're dead, you're dead. You'd rather it be dead. I'd dead. rather just you get one shot. Yeah. Well, do it now. But you seem also like the kind of person that would be open to some sort of reincarnation philosophy. You feel like an old soul. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've done this before. I don't know. I enjoy recreational new age spirituality theories. I'm big in believing what I can see and what I can feel. Right. I like to think that when you're dead, that's it. Yes. And your, your energy does go somewhere. Right. But does it go to... Uh, Heaven where there's a bunch of other people. I think it's just you go out there. Right. My big thing is just assume you get one shot. Just, just be the best you can be during this one shot. Yep. And then when you die, if you find out there's some other shit, I can then live that one good. <laughs> hey, Kirk. Fucking A. Hey, man. <laughs> we'll be right back. Well, this has been fantastic. Could I ask you a couple of questions? You can do anything do you want. Whatever you got to do. This is your day, clearly. <laughs> I just want to know uh, the hardest time you've laughed. That's often how we like to wrap the show up. If you can think of one time or several times when you've laughed really, really hard, it doesn't have to be that eventful. Man, that's a good question. I'm trying to... Sometimes it helps to go into the childhood banks, church laughter. School. No, I'm I'm just trying to remember when I I rarely laugh. <laughs> so that could be a problem. <laughs> Why do you laugh so rarely? I laugh internally a lot. You really do. Yeah, it's good to let it out, though. I know. I, I'm not saying. Yeah. I wish I'd laugh more. Do you? Let's... I'm trying to think. There's there's been some. I can't pinpoint him, but I knew at the time that it was special. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, this is a big laugh. I have that, too, when I'm laughing really hard. I'm like, I got there. But I haven't been there in so long. Yeah. Let's play a game. Let's play this game. It's called Fake Laugh into Real Laugh. You're going to be really good at it. No, because I don't even have a fake laugh. You got to try. It's too much bullshit. You got to do it. Wait, I'm still trying to remember. But it'll give you time to think of your hardest laugh. Okay. It might even jog your memory because we'll be laughing. Uh, jog? I don't want to work out. But go so ahead. we're going to be laughing, fake laughing, and if it turns into a real laugh, which for you it just won't, you raise your hand. Oh, you'll know. Okay. Because I pass out when I laugh. No. <laughs> right. Hey, we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, ready? Okay. We have to look at each other. And we so it's just like repetition? Some Meisner shit? I don't even know. Okay. Meisner acting technique? I don't know. Ready? It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> See, me you playing along got me now i'll try harder not to laugh <laughs> that's a, is that your fake laugh <laughs> uh, i got nothing but it's nice to see you happy like internally <laughs> internally i feel good for you these are still fake i'm doing great i know i know but, but it's good it's important to me because when you're laughing you're not masturbating <laughs> well that's real <laughs> hey. right, my hands are so clammy that's all right you're, i'm here. nervous too <laughs> we're always just filled with fear not really i'm reading uh I'm doing the lessons from A Course in Miracles. Have you ever heard of that? You don't like that shit? No, it's just you're falling victim to everything. Well, that might be true. I dabble. I want to know why you're searching so hard. 
I don't know. You're looking outwardly instead of inwardly. Well, I look inward, too. I do both. You think I should relax and look more inside? I don't know. One of the, one of the things that it teaches you to think is, like, you're not... Find out what makes you happy instead of what makes other people happy. But what if what makes find, them find happy makes own, me happy? Find your own course of miracles. Okay. But other people have done the legwork first. Jesus, Buddha. These are the Did some examples. I think so. Are well, people going to be writing down what I said in 2,000 years? Depends what you say now. It can all start now. Oh, my God. I don't know what to say. <laughs> See? Well, clearly they won't be repeating Not that. Not that. Some of the things we say are worth repeating, I suppose, but... but They'll mention Raya. Why? That's true. Why reinvent the wheel? Your dad did some legwork for us. We learned from him. I did, and I, I, I'm carrying that legacy. Yeah. So? So what? So what's wrong with reading somebody else's work? You can if you need to. Yeah, but oh, well, it's not really a need. You just want you just want to you just want to see what it's interesting. What Marion's up to? Who? Marion Williamson. Who's that? Didn't she write the book? Jesus wrote the book. Course in Miracles. Yeah. Really? The story of Course in Miracles is that I don't really necessarily believe that. Jesus I mean, I don't wrote the know. Book. I don't even know Jesus. She had work. a voice in her head, and it wouldn't stop until she sat down and listened to it and wrote what the voice said. And what the voice said was the book, A Course in Miracles. <laughs> Now, see, this is funny to me because this is what your voice in your head has written down today. CCP, Comedy Central presents, Chi, Mom, Wyatt. You were in Wyatt Earp. Yes, I was. That's all I got. Jesus is doing better. See, that's Brain Jesus. See, now, that's funny to me. I read that book and I go, Brain Jesus is a little wordy. You know what I mean? He was. A little I might winded. read it. All right. I'll give it a read. I would recommend getting I should read more. Get the iPhone app of the lessons because the book is dense as fuck. It's oh. unreadable. It's unreadable. I'm not hey, saying when it's this, not valuable. When, when do people hear this? I don't know. It's kind of up to, it's up to the wind. You know what I mean? It's up to the wind. Well, if you want to be a guest on my show. You have, on, the, on the test? Yeah. Sure. Uh, what do I do? You can go to thetesttv.com. But like anybody can be a guest? Anyone who needs help. And we'll fly you out to L.A. But I live in L.A. You, do, you, do you have a question you need answered? Do you think someone's cheating on you or you think someone stole something? No. But a lot of people might. That's or, true. or you can email me, Kirk at thetesttv.com. K-I-R-K. K-I-R-K. At thetesttv.com. Yeah. Do it. Did you think of when you laughed hardest? God. I, it's all right. No, I, I, I'm going to try and really think about it. What's the last time you cried? That's another one. Uh... I felt a tear, which is odd. Like, I cry at the weirdest things. Yeah. Like, the other night I was watching Donovan, Ray Donovan, a new show on Showtime. Okay. And uh, Lev Schreiber. Yes. Gave some money to a transvestite so that she could fulfill her sex change. Yes. And there was a moment where it touched me. Really? Made you cry. A tear fell. A tear fell. Yeah, because I thought that's a nice moment. That's a Clint some, Eastwood some, week. Something had led up to that in the show. Right. First, he had beaten up the transvestite who was trying to sell a picture of a of a male star giving the the tranny oral sex, mm-hmm. sucking him off, trying to leverage, trying to sell it for a million bucks. To, mm-hmm. And then Ray Donovan got involved. And said, I'm not going to give you that million bucks. Kind of beat up the transvestite. Oh, no. And the tranny said, I just wanted the million because I want a sex change. 
I want the operation. And then it, toward the end of the show, Ray Donovan showed up with some cash. Really? And it just touched Is me. Is he the, the hero of the show? Yeah. He's beating people up and he's the hero? Yeah. It's it's missing its mark a little. I've, we've gotten in trouble for tranny before. I don't think we're supposed to say that. What's the word? Transvestite, I guess. Did I say transvestite? You said tranny. Well. I understand. I, I was just, thinking of car. Transmission? Yes. <laughs> I just don't. We'll, wait. we'll fix that in post. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. This is fucking fantastic. Also, ice skating. Huh? When someone falls in oh. ice skating, I tear up a little. I, I get feelings. that. I, I have feelings. Listen. I'll hit you with one. People eating alone. I don't know what my problem is. I love is. eating alone. I love eating alone. I didn't say I don't I like do it, it a lot. Ever since Brendan Walsh and the pilot of 90210 was eating alone and his sister walked right by and didn't join him and didn't give him friendship with Kelly, uh-huh. who was popular. They just walked past. And she goes, eating alone is social suicide. And she's like, totally. And they passed Brendan, who's eating alone. It's, it's broken my heart before that, but certainly after that. I can't stand it, especially if it's like a kid at school eating alone. It kills me. I want to go up to that kid and be like, I'm not even hungry, but let's eat Why a don't sandwich. You? Well, maybe well, it's I'm... against the law now. You're too old. You shouldn't be going into schoolyards <laughs> sitting with kids. We'll be right back. We'll fix that in post. Now, you keep looking over. Do we have enough? Yes. Oh, yeah. We got plenty. Now, what do you do? Do you edit this shit? No, man. Nice. Yeah. All I do is stand on my head, say love. Get out of bed, stand on your head, take a deep breath, and say love. There you go. <sighs> Raya. There you go. Can you even say Raya? Raya. Yeah. But yeah. do you feel better? Feels good. Raya. Feels good. The soft sand shuffle. That's what he did. Fucking A. It's a real gift you've given us today. It was good to be here. Thanks we, for uh, allowing me to, to connect with you. I sincerely appreciate it. Let's hang out in real life as friends. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Would you say keep it crispy? Would I say it? That's how we end the show. The guest says keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Would you say it as Clint Eastwood? Keep it crispy. <laughs> Keep it crispy. I like that word. <laughs> you know, he does call me Kirka. Kirka? Kirka. He thinks it's funny. <laughs> Kirka Kikorian. Do you have his Kirka. number? Kirka. Yeah, you have his number? Probably. <laughs> I got a few. Thanks for being on my lawn. Get off my daughter. <laughs> he put the fear in me. I was a terrible lover with her. Oh, God. I'm sorry. No, it was just because I kept seeing him. (laughs) Make my day. (laughs) I can't. Let me try again later. Oh, God. We'll be right back. We will be right back. No, it was was all good. good. She just got married, so clearly things are working out for her. To another guy that looks like Clint Eastwood? No, it looks like Sandra Locke. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect then. Hey, we'll be right Comedy back. Comedy coming right Get here. Get on my lawn. Get on my daughter. Thank you, Kirk Fox. Thank you, Pete. Pete, right? Shit. Pete? <laughs> yes, yeah, like Peter. All right, everyone, good luck out there. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com.